Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor and subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you want to catch us on YouTube, go to Empire Media and check us out. That's Empire, A-M-P-I-R-E. It would be much appreciated. Today, I'm joined by the voice of the Washington Commanders, Graham Weinstein, as we discuss some reasons for optimism and some reasons to be to maybe hold back on that optimism optimism a little bit. I guess you could call it just concerns. We talk about Carson Wentz, offensive speed, defensive depth, the offensive line, and much more. You can follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW, and you can read my work on ESPN.com. One note, if there is news out there, big news, any kind of news, you're not going to hear from me. I am officially on vacation for the next couple weeks. So if you're looking for a reaction, I'm not going to give it to you, but I am going to continue giving you podcasts throughout the next few weeks. I have one really special guest coming up in a couple weeks, and then we're going to dig into the NFC East as well. So check those out. But again, if you don't hear from me, I'm big. That's the reason why, because I'm out of the country and I'm not going to be at the June 22nd hearing and anything that comes from that, you're going to have to check it out elsewhere, but I will continue to pump out podcasts and put this stuff on YouTube. So there you go. With that, let's get to my conversation with my pal, Bram Weinstein, the voice of the Washington Commanders. All right, Bram. So we've seen this team now for several weeks um, throughout the spring. We know what the roster is like before. We see, we saw what we saw in the spring. Your impressions about this team, where you think they're at now compared to where you thought they were going into the spring workouts. Well, I, I think I needed to see the speed on display and it's there. You know, um, I think one of the really, really positive um, things is when you get a first impression of a first round pick and he looks the way Jahan, Jahan Dotson has, um, it's really good. Um, that's, a, that's a good early return for me. So clearly there's a tremendous amount of speed and that's without seeing Terry on the field once. Right. Um, you know, I do have other questions about the offense that we can probably get into specifically around Carson Wentz and specifically right. around the offensive line. But I like what I see just in terms of like an arsenal of weapons defensively, um, not knowing when Chase is coming back, feeling like there are serious depth issues at linebacker safety and potentially corner. You know, I got I got I got some questions there after kind of seeing it. And it's not that I don't believe that they could be a functional unit and a productive unit, but I, I just they feel thin to me so they can answer some of that, that stuff by getting a couple more reinforcements in the summer. And I think they will, but they do feel thin to me. And when I heard Ron Rivera the other day say it was almost like he was talking himself into, we've got a good group at safety or we've got a good group here. We got a good group there um, where I kind of see potential holes. Right. And I think the other point is too, in the spring, if you're an experienced guy, you should look good on this defense. And so if you have a guy, and I love Jeremy Reeves, like what he does and all that, Ron has been very complimentary toward him. And maybe he's a guy that does, is able to do more this year. And I, I, I've always liked him. I think he's tough. I think he's smart, but he's undersized. And that's not good. You know, is that, that doesn't change. So, and again, maybe he becomes that one of those safeties that you can trust in there. 
but in the spring, you're going to look good. So I think it'll be key. Like how do they develop this summer when it's a little bit more physical, you get into games. Do you need to add somebody? I think they, I do think they need to add somebody, whether it's safety and at linebacker in particular, and probably a corner. Um, but the other thing for me on defense though, too, Bram is just when does Chase Young come back? And then Montez sweats development. I, I think Montez could, could, be a guy this year, a big guy, right? I think he could have a really good year because, you know, I think he went through so much last year. So what, you know, how do you see that group going forward? Do you still like what you see up front? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll tell you another thing that was really positive, and this really showed up the last week in the, in the mini camp part of it. Deron Payne looks good. And mm-hmm. I was a touch concerned there because clearly like he's heading into a last year, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he does want to get a new contract. It doesn't look like they're heading that way right now. It doesn't mean he won't get one at a later date, but it looks like he's going to play out this final year. And you just don't know how people are going to feel about that. And he's looked really good. So, you know, I think I, I would say to him, and I'm sure his agent's saying to him, listen, man, either way, this is a contract year for you. So you're going to have to be great, whether it's with them or with somebody else. And it appears as if he's kind of taken that to heart. And, you know, I think if the team had their way, they would they would resign him. I just think that they're trying to think through a cap situation with him and it's still possible. He comes back, but probably not in the near term, not like McLaurin. Um, as far as the rest of the D line goes, like I was a little concerned about not having Ionitis and settle back. I, you know, I felt the, the latter was one that probably could have been resigned. Um, and I, I'll wait and see on Mathis to see what kind of impact he's going right. to be early. Um, but I like their defensive line. I mean, I, I've kind of felt like for a long time, and this is the way it should be with all your first round picks being used there, they better carry the team. And I still think they're very capable of doing that. And, you know, with Mathis, if he plays the way they hope, he takes some of the pressure and burden, I should say, off of Payne playing the nose and all the, whenever they use a nose tackle, that's what Mathis can do. And it allows Payne then to play a role more similar to what John Allen does as far as rushing the pass or maybe putting them in better spots to help in that area. And, you know, I think Mathis is really good at eating up double teams. And so I think that's where I think there's going to be a trickle down effect and help Payne. It is funny because I know there are other teams out there who would be definitely interested in Deron Payne if they made him available. And I could see teams going to them in the training camp and saying, Hey, we'll give you a third round pick right now. You can use it in 2023 versus getting a third round pick in, as a comp in 2024. And I think they'll reject all those just because you, if you're, this is a big year for them. They need to show real progress Yeah, and you're not going to do that with pain on another team. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Like, no. I think that's, I think he's, and that's what it looked like in minicamp, whether he wanted to do everything or not. You know, I think he's probably coming to terms. His agent's probably coming to terms. Um, you know, getting to know Rivera a little bit here over a couple of years, you know, once you're here, you're here. Like all that business decision stuff, it's made in February, March, April. Once they get to this point, he wants to know that you're all in to be here. And I, I think just symbolically, it looked like pain is. And I do think he just likes being here. And I think he likes his teammates. So I'm sure if they could figure out a way to affordably move forward with him down the road, I think they would. Um, it's just not going to happen right now. I do think they're going to have a lot of flexibility next year. If all things work out with Wentz and he has a good year, he does not have any guaranteed money on the second right. you know, two years of that contract that, are, that he's under. It is a prime candidate to restructure, give him money up front, 
lower his cap number, make room, and either re-sign people like Payne or try to load up for a run run, but that will go back to Carson Wentz is going to have to literally be the answer for them. Right, and I think that's well, – let's touch on that right now since you brought him up. What are your impressions of him and what, you know, optimism, concern, or more, hey, let's – we got more to see. It's funny. My concern really goes back to watching his games from Indianapolis last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to give him a clean slate here. I really do. And I also think that he is, in fairness to him, walking into a situation with better skill position players. Mm-hmm. Had T.Y. Hilton played last year more than he did, I think maybe I'd feel a little bit differently. But And this is no offense to the Colts' skill position players, but they were not – they couldn't get a lot of separation. There was not a lot of elite-level talent there. Um, and so, you know, they're good players, but they're not elite players. And I think Washington here has the possibility of offering up some speed that's a little different. You know, from what I've seen from him from camp, uh, predictably, you know, everybody's wowed by his arm strength and his size and his athleticism because we just haven't had that here in a while. So, you know, that kind of pops off the field when you're sitting out there and watching him. And um, I can tell that he's a hard worker. Like I can yeah. tell yeah. like that is so obvious here that he is very hard on himself and he really wants to be good. And I'm kind of at the point now where I'm shrugging off all of the leadership does he get along with guys just for now because i believe in the end it comes down to playing well on the field it does. like they're gonna like him if he plays well on the field and my bigger concern after watching these colts games last year was some of the decisions that he made what happens in slow developing plays you know while he has the arm strength is the accuracy of a downfield passing game there so i'm trying to really you know not get too um, worried because I want to give him a clean slate. And I do think it's a massive upgrade talent wise for them for sure. But if you go back and watch some of the games last year, you will see why outside of whatever was said about him, there were some reservations about him. Sure. And I also wonder, Bram too, there's so much focus on the arm and that people thinking it's just about going down the field. And there's no doubt in this offense with Scott Turner, it's a North Turner type offense. They like to go down the field, but I also curious what what you saw when you're watching that on the quick game, because I think that's going to be a big part of what he adds here is the quick underneath passes, a lot of the crossers and all that, and not, not the dump offs, but the quick underneath game. I think that might be an underrated part of what he brings here. What do you think? So where I am on him now, and then this will change once we start seeing training camp and practices and preseason games, and I'm assuming he'll play a little bit in them right now, like, my gut in watching him from last year and then watching him, you know, in practice here a little bit is I think the biggest question in my mind, and maybe it's not for them, but it is for me, is he confident? Um, he's been, you know, traded twice. Uh, he is not the same quarterback that he was in 2017 when he was tracking towards becoming an MVP. He's not playing that way right now. So I think we need to get his confidence back up. And I think it started with a campaign of, you're our guy, you're our guy, you're our guy. We believe in you. Like saying all the right things, putting it out there, making sure articles are representing we believe you're the leader of the team and all that type of stuff. And, you know, the next part is going to be, can he execute on the field? And when I do watch him, you know, of the criticisms I have and the concerns I have, the part that he is elite excellent at is the quick decision, make a read, get the ball in somebody's hands after like a three-step drop. He is elite at it. Ball gets out fast. 
it gets where it needs to be. And that's why what's promising to me here is I think he has more speed here than he did there. So he catches guys like McLaurin or Samuel or Dotson or Gibson or McKissick, any of them in space, that little five-yard pass could be a 20, 30-yard gain, maybe pop one off for a touchdown. That's what happened with Jonathan Taylor a number of times last year. And so in that regard, right now, like my gut says, go slow with him, build his competence up. And the easiest way in my mind to do that is get the short passing game going with this team and this group of players. You should have a mismatch on every single play with the, with the groupings that you have. He can identify it, get it out of his hands fast, have some success. If you have some success, then open it up a little bit and start taking some of those shots downfield. You should be able to draw the defense up anyway, and you have guys that can beat them over the top, unlike the Colts who did not a year ago. That's how I'd go. I don't want the whole kit and caboodle here. Like Where I'm concerned is slow developing plays, pocket breaks down, and then he makes some very good decisions at times and unusual decisions at times, and some of them blew up in his face last year and i'd rather see his confidence grow before we start going all right time to chuck it down the field well i think the chucking down the field too also depends on how they're doing that if it's a is it a straight drop back is it a off of play action how are you setting that up because you can buy a guy more time on those with how you set it up or how you call it so i think that'll be curious to see how they progress in that area but I think one of the guys I'm most curious in seeing down the road is Antonio Gibson because he has done a good job he's losing some weight, but you know, the body fat and feeling more explosive. And one of the things and I talked about this in the podcast last week is just, I think they can still evolve him in the passing game as a receiver, maybe not so much more volume there, but maybe better volume, maybe better um, production out of that role and him being a lot with J.D. McKissick. So I am curious to see how that, and then and then conversely, how that helps Wentz, because I think Gibson will be a big part of that. And I know Taylor was really good in, in India. Obviously, he might be the best back, but still, I think that you can incorporate Gibson a little bit more ways that can help with what Wentz does. I think they wanted to do it a year ago, and then Curtis Samuel got hurt and basically never played. Right. I think that was the plan last year. Um, so they have, as they like to put position flex, I see it with McKissick, Gibson, Samuel, um, you know, we'll see how they utilize Dotson, you know, whether he becomes someone who does, I could see a candidate to do jet sweeps and things like that. I don't know, you know, how much they're going to utilize him that way, but I'm with you on Gibson. I think we've been waiting two years for this. I think that was part of the plan last year. Um, and then once Samuel was unavailable to them, he became a primary running back. I think so so we'll see what happens. I think his injury impacted that too, a little bit, but you know, I think that, but that's why you have Robinson here too, is you can maybe, you should be able to un, un, tap into that. But again, we've heard this. It used to be like James Thrash when he was here and anybody who doesn't know his name, go Google him. But when he was here, if you remember, like every year, like Gibbs would talk about that. Oh, we got to get James the ball more. We got to use him more here. And then the season comes and they use him the same way they yeah. always did. Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. BlueChew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. 
The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code KIME at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code KIME, K-E-I-M, to receive your first month free. So I think with Gibson, though, again, I think it's the type of routes that they can ask him to run that to me should increase versus the amount of times they're asking him to do it and just maybe putting him in position to be more effective because he is fast as well. He's grown into a really good dynamic player, but he's really good in space. Um, You know, and that's why I think getting him in a little bit of space in the passing game, I think could be of their benefit. And I think they, I think they've been trying to do that for a couple of years. And now that to your point, they have depth at running back, which I think was a mistake a year ago to not have it. And then hopefully health at some of the other players that can kind of line up in the backfield and offer the flexibility for him, I think will open up some opportunities. And I think we should see it. And I just, you know, that's the part that I'm really positive about in all of it is I love their skill set now. Like, I really think it's very dynamic. Like you can sit there and argue is Terry this receiver or that receiver, but in totality, they have a tremendous amount of speed with a tremendous amount of twitch like players. Like I think that there's, if the timing can get down, if they can kind of get all on the same page, I don't think they need to be throwing it over the top, you know, Mahomes, the Hill style. I think they can have a tremendous amount of success finding good matchups with all of these different parts at one time. And it should become a very dynamic and eclectic offense. That's what, that's what I see. But uh, what I'm concerned about is, it is all new to everybody. Right. And there is this like talk of chucking it down the field. They're doing a lot of it in practice. And to me, I'll, you know, if they pull it off, awesome. We're going to be scoring 30 points a game. Um, if they don't, I'm going to think back to this and go where I see this guy being excellent is not doing that. So maybe we could build off the excellent part of his game before we start going, be the guy you were in Philadelphia in 2017. And I think too, in the spring, like you need to, you need to see what guys have. So you're going to test, like, you know, you've got to make some throws. You say you test yourself. How is this? How does this, how does he look on this throw in this action, et cetera? Cause you know what he can do in some of these other areas. And I do think, I do wonder how it's all going to come together you know, will Curtis Samuel stay healthy? And I also think the one thing I wonder about with Carson Wentz is the leadership stuff is, I think, like you said, it's based on production. Russell Wilson was not always popular in that Seattle locker room, but he produced and they won. So whatever. Uh, but I think with Carson, I, what I wonder is not, don't know how it's going to go. He is very hard on himself. And when you're very hard on yourself and you have, you face some adversity, how does it affect you? And that's one of the things we won't know that until the season yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, and that's why I think, you know, I'd I'd like to see them try to dial it up in ways that make him feel really comfortable to start with. And that is the five to 12 to 15 yard passing game and where he is make a quick decision. The ball's coming out of your hands, make the right read. The ball's going to get there. You'll be wowed by the arm strength and maybe you get lucky. You catch some guy in some space and all of a sudden you get him in the right time. And that five yard pass turns into a 20 yard play. So I think that's where he can be excellent. Offensive line. I know you've got some concerns there. It's hard to think that the starting unit will be as good as the one from a year ago. I do think the depth is there again, for sure. Right. 
You know, I don't think I know how good Cosme is because he's in and out of the lineup. So he'll be one to watch. And then the interior of the offensive line, while they have guys that they know and they are veterans, so I trust it, I don't know that they're going to be as powerful up front in the middle of the offensive line. And then, listen, there's a lot of wear and tear on a lot of these guys. So are they going to eventually have to do what they did last year, which is turn to a lot of other backup players? Protection is paramount. The Colts last year had some injuries early in the season, and their protection was really bad. And so... And it got to Wentz early. I mean, it really did. I would get to anybody, but it was it was bad. Um, I don't foresee that with this group, but I think they're touting a very, very, um, what's the word for it? They seem to be overselling this group to me, it feels like, a little bit. and But I'm willing to believe it, you know, you know when I see it, for sure. Right. And I, I'm with you. I like the depth. I think, you know, the, the, the Ar- Norwell and Turner at guards, different than Flowers and Sheriff. Now, Sheriff, obviously an all-pro type player, but would miss time. So they always had to use that depth when he was there. And then Flowers, I think, and Norwell are a lot closer. And and Turner was a Pro Bowl player, but last couple of years, you know, a little bit different. So we'll see. And I think the other factor in that, Bram, is that Chase Ruye has not worked with them yet. How does that Mm -hmm. play out? And again, it's it's not to say that it won't play out how people want. It's just that there's a question about how it will play out because they have to go do it. Yeah. It when Rulia comes back, it. you know, assuming soon, you know, I, I love Schweitzer as a backup center or guard, honestly, I I think, really like, he's that. pretty I'm good a guard. Big so, you know, I might feel a little differently there. It's just, I, it's just kind of like, I think I grew to get accustomed to the strength and potential power of the interior O-line with Sheriff and Flowers out there. And I kind of need to see it with these guys to believe that it's going to have the same type of impact. Well, the one thing that I think gives it hope, too, is I think the op- John Matsko, their offensive line coach, is probably the best assistant coach on this. To me, might be the best assistant coach on this staff. And I think so that's why, like, they're in good hands with him. Yeah, I trust him. I trust yeah. it. And that's the one group, and to your point, I trust it. So we'll see what happens. But again, depth, very good. That's important. And, you know, because they've always had to use it. And what you've seen is they've been able to maintain. I mean, last year, with how many issues they had at center, there's no way they should have even been remotely close to anything coming into December. But, they, you know, so they, they've done a good job with building that depth. There's just, you just want to see what these starters can do. Last thing. So do you feel better, worse, same about where they're headed after the spring compared to going into it? Um, I think I'd, I'd go about, about the same, but differently. It's funny, okay. like kind of walked in feeling like, you know, you have these ideas of what you're going to see. And now that I have seen it, I, I feel the same way. I still think this is a playoff team, you know, minus unforeseen, you know, rash of injuries that derails, you know, the team. Right. I do. I, and mainly it's partially because the schedule and, is a different set of quarterbacks that they're playing this year. And it's laid out a little differently now. Um, I also, I agree with Ron a lot on, I do feel like there's a different feel at camp this year. At this time of year, they had more participation. It appears as if just from, you know, outside viewing that there's more buy-in of it, like that there is. So I buy that. Like when he was saying, like he was trying to sell me on a couple things. On that one, I buy it. I, I do buy that. I do feel something very different. And you just have to trust us because we're there every day. Like, I, I do feel like something different is going on. Doesn't mean it's going to be there in September, but it is there now. I feel like they could, if Dallas goes sideways, you know, potentially win the division 
And if they don't, then I still think that they're a wild card is kind of, you know, right there for them. So nine, 10 wins feels reasonable to me. And I think that will get them in this year. I mean, they're to me, they're improved. And I think it's just any team in that seven to nine win range is going to, you know, it, you're not, you don't think you're far off. So a couple of tweaks here and there can get you there. I think the biggest thing for them is when does Chase Young come back? When does Logan Thomas come back? I think that imp, obviously that will impact what happens early in the year, but I think they can survive, especially with Chase out. I think they can survive without him for a few weeks. I think they need to get Logan Thomas back, but you can't rush it. So that will be a big thing as well, but we'll see. That's what training camp is for. And, you know, Bram, we'll talk a lot about it then. So thanks for coming on and talk to you soon. Have a nice vacation. There you go. See you at Ashburton's five weeks. There you go. Thanks, Bram. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me and thank you as always for listening. I'll be back on Thursday with Sam Fortier of the Washington Post as we dig some more into the Commanders. I'll talk to you next time.